Oh, hiya, pal. Welcome to the Sack Lunch Podcast with Matt and Matt. If you don't like that, you don't like King's basketball. Oh, boy. Well, it has been a while. Welcome to the Sack Lunch Podcast with Matt and Matt. Matt? What's up, Matty Ice? Man, if, let me ask you this, if someone had come to you three months ago mm-hmm. and told you that this was going to be what our lives were right now, would you have even thought, not even believed them, but thought that it was even within the realm of possibilities? I, I could have never imagined this in my life, what's been happening. This, is, this has been crazy. Yeah, probably not. Or if I did imagine it, I wouldn't want to imagine it. But um, yeah. So here we are. What's been doing? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I, I wanted to start out talking about it, kind of random, but but haircuts, lockdown haircuts. I know that's been a thing. Was it uh, COVID haircuts or um, I don't remember what the hashtag was, but people were posting them online a lot. I know yeah. that like great clips and stuff where uh, supercuts were encouraging people to post their pictures online. Some do-it-yourselfers. Yeah, yeah. Some we we know a couple brave ones that have done it themselves. I honestly don't believe it. Because some of those haircuts look too good. You think so? Yeah. Well, like, it was probably a picture of them last year. Right. Yeah, I, I, I think... Calling BS. I think anybody who says that they cut their own hair and it looks good is lying. I'm, I'm not going to not gonna say any names like Donnie or anything like that, but... Yeah. You know. now, now, have you gotten a stay-at-home haircut, Matt? <laughs> I've had th- three. Three? Okay. Three. Yeah, I have to get it cut every two weeks or I go insane. Okay. I'll tell you about my experience in a second. Tell, tell me about your stay-at-home haircuts. Uh, the first one was a little rough. Okay. Um, and it's my, understandable. Well, that's fine. Yeah. So uh, my hair uh, is actually not, um, not that complicated. I've been getting the same haircut since I was like 10. I get a, a one on the sides and a two on the top and then just try and blend it in in the middle. Seems uh, kind of military haircut. Yeah. Um, and, you know, my, my wife did an admirable job. Um, she, she made a little mistake at the end. I'm not going to go into it. Um, but luckily, nobody was around to see it. Right? Yeah, that's, so that's a great thing problem. about yeah. it, right? The, the risk is very low. Yeah. The uh, second time around, she actually did a great job. The only thing is it takes a little bit of time because obviously she doesn't have like a cosmetology license or anything. Right. And so she's taking her time, you know, and, and the the equipment that we're using is like my dad's when he bought it in the 90s, you know, so it's awful equipment. Wow. And so, um, yeah, so... So all things considered, she did a great job then using yeah. old equipment yeah. with no professional training. Right. Um, this last time, I, just a few days ago, I just said, you know what, save the time, just give me a buzz. Take me back to when I was six. And so I have, it's just a one all the way around. Okay. Yeah. Do you feel like in a few days it'll kind of grow back to similar to what it was anyway, though? Um, It's still going to be the same length all the way around, so I don't know. So it's not really faded, it's just... Yeah. That's what I mean I don't by care. Both. I mean, it, it, takes the, it takes the weight off my head and, you know, I feel fresh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it looks good, though. I, I was trying to hold out, and then when they announced that... <laughs> That it was going to be a while before barber shops were open again. I broke down and ordered some clippers on Amazon because we didn't have any. Did they have them in stock? Yeah, they did. I mean, um, I don't know if like what brands were sold out or whatever, but no, this was a few weeks ago. Okay. And so, yeah, I did find some. Uh, but 
it it did take two weeks though, where it would have been like Ooh, a prime yeah. item. So it took a couple weeks. And <laughs> so that doesn't mean your hair's growing in those two weeks. Yeah, but Amazon gave me a like a projected date, and so I kind of warned Emily, like, "Hey, you're gonna have to do." She was nervous because she knows <laughs> that I'm usually pretty particular about my hair. I promised her I wouldn't be too picky, but she just she was a trooper. She was nervous about it. She watched a couple of YouTube videos. I'm like, how to give a fade like for beginners, basically, uh, fading 101, whatever, you know, and um, she did a pretty good job, I feel like. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it right now, and it looks pretty nice. I mean, you and you have a complicated haircut. I don't know if it's complicated, but it's more complicated than mine. You have the, the Gordon Hayward. Yeah, I do the little Gordon kinda. Hayward comb over on top. She didn't mess with the top a lot. She didn't need to. Uh, she did blend it a little, but yeah, but mostly she did the fade on the sides, um, and she did a good job. I blended from a half all the way up, and so right. she did... She did a good job. So, yeah, I mean, I don't yeah, have I don't any... see any chunks taken out or anything? No, I don't have any crazy stories, um, you know, but but oh, I did good. I did do it, though. So, I don't know. This has all just been nuts. A, a, another funny quick story. I um, You heard about the murder hornets that came from Japan, you know, because when it rains, it pours. So, yeah. let's, let's add some more nonsense hornets. to 2020. So, I had a dream this morning that a murder hornet was on my shoulder and I basically went like, um, you know, American ninja or a warrior <laughs> on my wife in bed this morning, just freaking out because of this dream. And she was like, what the heck? And I'm like, I was having a dream. I had a murder hornet on my shoulder. So I've I, heard that's a real thing. People have these like exotic dream or not exotic, but like crazy dreams. <laughs> and they just like go crazy and they, they start punching things. And like my, my favorite comedian, his name's Mike Birbiglia. He mm-hmm. has a, it's a medical condition to where he actually has to sleep in a sleeping bag with mittens on. And, That's hilarious. Yeah, because if he doesn't, he'll sleepwalk and he'll like this, run out of his window and stuff. This like that. wasn't that extreme. I specifically remember it was on my right shoulder in the dream, so it was more of like a, a, a shoulder jab to try to like shake it off my shoulder. <laughs> but it probably moved more than I thought yeah. because she jolted and like woke up and was like, "What the heck?" <laughs> so. That's, that's, that was my experience this morning. But our last episode um, was March 16th, so just a little over two months ago. Um, and that was right after the Kings-Pelicans game got canceled. Yeah. Uh, a lot's happened the last couple months. You know, like uh, two months ago from today, the 19th of March, uh, Governor Newsom basically announced that the shelter-in-place was going to begin. So for the last two months, we not only haven't had sports, we haven't been eating in restaurants, we haven't been attending church, we haven't been doing a lot of things that we normally do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people aren't working. Um, kids are distance learning. Talk talk to me about that for a second. What's it been like with Roman uh, doing, he's in what, is he in, he's, he's finishing in ki- up kindergarten, he just kindergarten. finished kindergarten? Okay. What was that like with the distance learning? Um, it's not fun. Be- and... Uh, uh, the challenging part is that I'm working from home, and so I'm doing that while I'm trying to help him distance learn. Um, so kind that's of, that's challenging, kind for of a sure. multitask. Yeah. And then I have the three year old who's or she's four now, just turned four, who's not doing school, and so she's off like watching TV, and so Roman's distracted. Because right. he is like, why doesn't she have to do this homework? And right. that, that's a conversation in itself. The work is actually very easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and Roman's a pretty sharp kid. He can, you know, handle it. But it's it's becoming more of a he doesn't want to do it. Right. Um, because he sees his sister having more fun than, than he is. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then me, uh, Goldine, my wife, is way more on top of it than I am. Like she has like these, you know, um, little tabs, sticky tabs, like all over the place. And like the, the packet that we got was kind of complicated. Like it's just a big packet and it's like, here, figure it out. And then so she went through it and, you know, labeled everything. But I didn't label it, so I don't really know what the labels mean. And so when it... I'm the one doing the homework. I always miss a couple assignments and then he's behind, you know? Right. And, and so it's like, oh man, I messed up. When she does it, it always gets done perfectly. So hats off to her. But Good job, Goldine. Yeah. So yeah, it's the same with, with us. Emily's way more on top of it. But with Addie, you know, she was, she just turned four. She just finished her three-year-old preschool class. So mm-hmm. their teachers were trying to keep them active. So they would do Zoom meetings, let the kids interact with each other. And then we would get a packet that they would email and we could print, but it's like, do they have to turn it what? in or is it like just suggested? No, what they would do is they would show their work at the Zoom meeting, like show me what you've been <laughs> working on. So it was kind of like the parents had to make sure that we did something. We didn't want to be the only parents not yeah. doing the packet and be like shamed, you know? <laughs> uh, but it was like tracing letters, writing your name. So we tried to keep her at least working on that a little bit. But from my end, from our end, it was like more on the other side because my wife, Emily, is a teacher, second right, grade right. teacher. And so it was more on that side of the distance learning. And, you know, they didn't get any professional training. So they're trying to figure this out, just like the parents of the students. And they actually have to answer questions about it. So the first few days were rough because parents were just emailing and calling, asking questions. And now I feel like it's been a couple weeks. It's more, well, now they're almost done, but it's more on autopilot. Um, where now she just kind of uploads the assignments, grades them, and is just available for any questions, but the questions have decreased. Mm -hmm. And now it's just kind of more like maintenance. Um, But yeah, that was kind of rough from from the teaching side. But yeah, distance learning, be interesting to see when they they let the kids start going back to school. What are some of the things... Hopefully soon. I know, I mean, they're done, so it's going to be, you know... uh... What summer vacation here pretty soon. But. Yeah, but you know, like Emily's next class, she's year round, starts in July. So oh, it's right, like right, it'll right, be interesting right. Tracks, to see. Yeah. yeah, well, and they're talking about making making all the schools year round. Like that's one of the discussions they've been having. So we'll see what happens with that. What are some of the things you guys have been doing to pass the time just briefly? Like what are a couple things that, you know, interesting things or things you, you know, may normally not do as much or well, I've watched um, Big Hero 6 about five times in the last two days. <laughs> a lot of movies, right? <laughs> yeah. For sure. Movies. Even movies by myself. I've started watching the Star Wars. Uh, okay. I've seen the three uh, up, pre-corona. I saw, I've seen the original three. And I saw... The best ones. Yeah. And I've seen the uh, episode one, Phantom Menace. And then... Jar Jar, I, meh. Yeah. And then, so I was like, I want to watch all of them. So I started with Phantom Menace just for some good vibes. And then I went to episode two, two thinking, three are I, cool. thinking I never watched it. And I'm like, oh, I actually have seen this, but I didn't really like it that much. Episode three, I thought, okay, for sure I haven't watched this. And then I said, oh, I actually have seen this. And I actually like that one. I don't know how I forgot that I watched it. it might, maybe I just watched it once. Um, but that one had a lot of action in it. Um, and then... I'm debating on going um, the original four, five, and six because I've already seen them. Right. But should I keep going, you know, for the. Yeah, you might as well. I would say my advice would be if you haven't gotten there yet, skip The Last Jedi because I have no shame in saying that it is trash. Mm. It is the worst Star Wars movie ever. Like, The Last Jedi. I mean, you can watch it for yourself. I. 
I thought it was terrible, personally. Is but... Last Jedi or Hoosiers a, a worse movie? What do you think? Get out of here. Get <laughs> out of here with that. Yeah, no, a lot of movies for us, it's been a lot of walks. We probably do two walks a day. I mean, I'm working during the day from home. Yeah. Um, Emily will take the kids for a walk during the day, and then we'll go on another one in the evening right after dinner. Or on weekends, I go on the early one as well, so it's two walks a day on weekends for me. It's a good way to get out, get some fresh air, kill time. But yeah, we've been doing a lot of walks. Yeah, we've um, been outside too. The the, the uh, unfortunate part, Goldeen is very sensitive to allergies, and this year has been really bad for allergies. Like, she, so she hasn't gotten to come outside that much because um, like she'll go outside and then come in and have a bloody nose. It's that bad. Wow. Um, yeah. So like I've been out there. Uh, we've been like uh, uh, scootering and doing some bikes. I got on a bike today. Wow. Um, it was. Uh, it's not my bike. It was Goldine's bike. I got it out of the shed pumped it up and um i haven't ridden a bike in like 10 years um i forgot how much that thing hurts when you sit on it (laughs) (laughs) that's cool uh, though exercise is good i still know how to do it let me let me ask you this before we jump into our review of the last dance Mm -hmm. um are there any ways that this whole situation has like changed your mentality in life i know that's kind of a deep question but you can even give a surfacey answer but just like is there anything that you view differently or do you feel like your mentality has changed in any way? Yeah. I mean, I feel like everybody's probably has in some way, right? This has just been very unconventional, very unexpected and very bizarre and much longer than we had hoped for or anticipated. Yeah. Um, I have found that sports, um, is, uh, kind of, a. uh, I don't know how to say it. I like it too much to where at first it was really hard not to have sports. And then as I've, as they've been away, I've gotten used to it. I've actually kind of liked not having them. Mm-hmm. And it almost feels like when they're on, it's, it gives me added stress and frustration. Especially and when so, it's the Kings. Yeah. And so <laughs> I've, I've come to realize that, Hey, you know, I can't imagine if sports comes back, I'm not going to watch them. Sure. So it sounds like what you're saying is you still enjoy sports, you still will continue to enjoy sports, but uh, maybe your focus doesn't revolve around them as much anymore. I need to not go so hard in the paint. Okay. Like I need to be present in the room with my kids instead of watching, you know, Buddy Heel dribble it off his foot, get upset, and then Vivian's like, hey, you know, can you help me with this puzzle? Yeah, no, I would agree with that. I This is the first time in a long time, in many years, that I haven't had some sort of fantasy sports team or team that I'm following or game that I'm watching or something. And so... I know um, my wife likes it. I would... Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Mine too. But yeah, I would say the same thing and then add to that, that on a lighter note that I feel like it's given me a sense of... Um, not laziness, that's not the right word, but in, in only in certain ways. Like, for instance, like, I get annoyed when I have to, like, shave my neck, which I try to do every few days. And I'm like, I, I'm like, didn't I just do this? Didn't I just shave my neck? But really, it was, like, eight days ago. Yeah. A, you know, or, like, you know how normally... When you run out of like jeans, pants, shorts, you're like, oh, I guess I'll just wear some sweatpants or basketball shorts. Now it's the other way around. I get irritated when I'm out of, I want elastic waist. I want comfort. It's like when I, when I run out of like basketball shorts, I'm like, irrit- like oh, fine. I guess I'll wear some actual shorts or pants now. Yeah, I've been running through basketball shorts. I haven't worn jeans in forever. Yeah. No need to. 
And, uh, Mine are buried somewhere in the closet. Yeah. And I've been working out a lot, so like I get those dirtied up, um, and so I have to wash them. And then, yeah, I can't, I can't keep up with the shorts. Yeah, I wore some cargos around the house the other day, and it was like it felt weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So laziness wasn't the right word because we've done some projects and stuff where I feel like I was pretty proud of what we accomplished. But in some ways, it's just kind of created this sense of like I don't have to do this anymore, so I'm not going to. Right. Type of thing. I'm almost so. scared for when the stay-at-home order gets lifted and we go back to living life and being <laughs> on the grind, being on the go, am I going to be in total shock mode to be like, it's too much? I think everybody will initially, but we'll, we'll adjust. You know, it's, it was the way that we did life for a long time. So yeah. I think we'll make it, Maddie. I think we'll make it. Yeah. If anything, we'll be more appreciative of, you know, just the little things. Definitely. Definitely. Well, before we ramble anymore, let's, uh, Let's get into the last dance. Do you have uh, some some like transition music from it? Like, get, get me ready for this, Matt. You got some music for me or something? I got, I got something for you, Matt. Okay. There we go. Perfect. Good job, Matt. That that theme, it as a kid, it gave me goosebumps. It still does. Like it just it you makes know, when, me cry a little bit. When they'd have the lights down and everything, and you'd see them come out in their warm-up suits, the crowd going crazy, that music going, like it was just like the ultimate hype song. I probably watch that once a month. Like they're like they normally it takes me on YouTube. It takes me to like the '97 Finals Bulls intro or something like that. And I just right. Get, yeah, know. no, it's on my it's on my playlist for sure, and I'm pretty sure it's on my little uh, like iPod that I use for running yeah. and stuff like that. Like it's got to be in the mix in there. So, <laughs> so the last dance mat was this highly anticipated ten part documentary about his airness, <sighs> Michael Jordan. The goat. Uh, specifically, it honed in on his uh, his quest to win that sixth championship in eight years in in the '98 finals against Utah. Yeah. Um, they structured it in kind of a a cool way, um, where they they would show in every episode pieces of '98 because that's as you mentioned previously, that's where they had most of their footage from. Mm-hmm. And then they'd kind of go back to that. So for example, 1990 and then 98 and then 91, then 98 and then 92. And they showed before he got drafted and some of his background and stuff. Um, so I like the structure of it. Um, and it was all culminating and building up to this, you know, last dance, this final championship before they dismantled that legendary bulls team and they were never to play together again yeah and right off into the into the sunset so um but yeah just just awesome i mean it was it was originally going to air in june uh, but with no sports on espn pushed it up to april um i I would say it's paid off oh man yeah they took was big time advantage i mean it averaged over 5.6 million viewers per episode that's insane um yeah highest viewed documentary of all time uh, yeah, I believe it. I mean, people didn't have anything else to watch. Right? Um, also culminated a lot of, uh, of action on social media. Yeah, for sure. Do you think the stars just kind of aligned for ESPN there where it was not that this situation sucks and it's not ideal for anybody, but as far as the environment when the documentary was aired in that like 
people just, don't have anything to do yeah. or anything to watch. Like, just, I feel like there was already going to be a lot of hype about this because it was about Jordan. Oh, I was so pumped. But to to throw it in there when there's nothing else to do on top of that, is it's just going to be like a media frenzy. Thirsty for sports. Oh, yeah. And these like a lot of the stories. I mean, I, I'm a pretty big Jordan fan, anyways, and so I knew quite a bit of the the things that were brought up in the documentary. But a lot of the things from the '98 season were never uh, before seen footage. Yeah, they had so some of that worth, you know, original footage. Um, if basically, if you were a basketball fan or you followed basketball at all, um, even closely or not you were looking forward to this documentary yeah. i know i was for sure i loved the nba in that era and this like he was you know jordan and so i was looking forward to this what did you i mean there's so much we could talk about but let's try to keep it you know honed in a little bit what did you like about the documentary all of it yeah <laughs> I mean, specifically oh, i guess i think i like this not hearing any chirping from the LeBron backers, you know. Oh, there was plenty of that still on Facebook, if you saw it. I'm sure like, there was, yeah. The LeBron truthers. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, gosh. Um, I, I, Of course, I like the, I, the Michael iPad moments, right? Where he, they give him the iPad oh, and yeah, he watches yeah. the... Uh, and he'd the, watch clips. You're, you're referring to, like, they'd have an interview of, like, Gary Payton or somebody talking a little trash about him and then they give the iPad to Jordan and let him see that interview with Gary Payton so we could get his live reaction yeah and he still is super competitive super cocky like he'd laugh at their responses in like an arrogant way it was great I love still seeing that like the rivalry is still kind of there yeah you know that edge yeah he has for me, what I loved is it was just a treat to see so much footage of Jordan, you know, because growing up, we didn't have that kind of access to him. And just seeing a lot of the behind the scenes stuff about the teams that we grew up watching was cool. Um, just to see so much footage of like, it was just a reminder to me, if anything, what this documentary did is it cemented the fact that he is just the greatest. Like he wasn't quite the freak, like the genetic freak that like Giannis or LeBron is, but if you look at how much better he was than everybody else in his relative era, yeah. it's extremely difficult to argue. And if he didn't walk away for baseball that one season, you could argue that they would have had seven. Yeah, that would have you been. Know? And so, I think the Houston Rockets were the luckiest uh, team in the 90s, right? Because they got to yeah. play Jordan when he was gassed, yeah, or... or take the championship the year that he was gassed yeah. yeah or two years in a row what do you think what's your take on michael jordan the teammate you know that one i kind of wrestled with myself with because i like to see athletes that are nice guys i'm kind of a sucker for that i mm. love tim tebow i like jeremy lynn i like mike trout i like the guys that quote unquote do it the right way where there's they lead by their play but then they're like soft-spoken and kind of like nice guys yeah Jordan's not that guy, but that doesn't make him a bad guy. It just, but like when you watch some of the footage, I couldn't help but think like he was a jerk, you know, and he talked about that. He addressed that and he got emotional when like, you know, he's like, you can view me as a tyrant, but winning comes at a price and leadership comes at a price. And, And I can respect that because it's hard to argue with what he's done. But when you take a step back and look at it, 
I mean, I would say he was a great teammate in that, like, he derived the best from his teammates at all times. He pulled them when they didn't want he to be pulled. weeded out, you know, the softies and stuff. Yeah, but the way that he got their best oftentimes was a little bit questionable, I think. Like, it, yeah. you kind of wonder, like, could he have been a little more um, empathetic or nice? It, yeah. In that, um, would it have been as effective? I don't know because yeah, I'm, hard to I'm say. not the greatest at anything like he is, so I don't know. But I don't know. What do you think of him as a teammate? Yeah, that's, it's an interesting topic of discussion because, I mean, it does come off – it makes him come off as a, a bit of a jerk. Um, but then, you know, like you said, that was necessary to get the most out of his teammates. So, And then I think – I can't remember who it was – that they were interviewing because they interviewed a lot of people, but they said, you know, looking back on it, it actually made him the best teammate mm-hmm. because he was doing that not to be somebody's friend, but to make the team better, which is ultimately what everybody wanted. And they succeeded. Yeah. And he even said that he's like, I got them there. We won. I wanted them to experience that success with me. So right. he wanted them to experience that. He had their best interest in mind. He just had an interesting way of going about it. it. Yeah. And to me, it, it very much felt like he was the lead in a play or a movie. And they were, they were constantly just building the right supporting actors and cast around him, the right role players to make it work. With the exception of Scotty, I would say he was the 1B, but definitely the sidekick, yeah. you know, like he. Uh, but he was a star. He was great. But the rest of the guys were very good at specific things. Yeah. Like you had Rodman, who was great at rebounding and defense, and you had Kerr, who was a, worked really hard and was a good free throw and three point shooter. And um, you know, you had different players that had different abilities that were all designed to enhance this thing. Was all built around Jordan. Yeah, and it worked for them. Maybe know? the Kings players can take a look at that and think, oh, you know. I can just know, all we know is, your role. You yeah. Know? Well, all we need is a, a Michael Jordan to build around, and we're good. To yeah. Go, well, those you know? you know come around it, and we just got to draft one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, <laughs> was there anything that you? I mean, besides Bagley, was there anything that you didn't like about the documentary? I didn't like that it ended. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. There's not a lot bad you can say about it. Let me ask you this: I read that. Michael Jordan's company, Jumpman 23, mm-hmm. actually co-produced this. So they kind of had – they were kind of pulling the puppet strings as far as that 98 footage that was released. Now, we did see a lot of raw footage. It's not like they always made Jordan look like this amazing guy because they didn't. There right. was a lot of very raw um, revealing footage. But he can't be like scrutinized or like put under the microscope in the same way. If his company is kind of pull, oh, sure pulling the strings, like worse. I'm sure there's footage that he said, Nope, that's not going in. That's not going in. That's not good. So like the transparency level, while it was good, wasn't as good as it could have been, I think, because his people were kind of driving the whole project. Yeah. So that's my only, my, and that's a, a pretty small beef. Cause like it was so well-made. Yeah. There was so much amazing footage that I didn't know they had of him, like playing, throwing coins with his security guards in the back rooms. Cause yeah, he, those he was so competitive, it, yeah. so competitive. And we'll get to that in takeaways. But yeah, I mean, that was my only thing was finding out that his people were pulling the strings was a little disappointing, but that's just kind of nitpicking you know like could we have seen another side a little bit more maybe 
Right. You know, is my only thing. But did did this whole thing change your perception of MJ at all? Not really, just because I, I mentioned I, I'm a pretty big MJ fan anyways, and so I'm always digging for content. And so mm-hmm. a lot of these I've heard of, I just haven't actually been able to see. Yeah. You know, with my own So it just kind of so confirmed was, what yeah, you heard. Yeah, it was cool, yeah. Yeah, to me, it, like I said, it just cemented the fact that he is the GOAT. Like, he, yeah. I mean, don't it's get me wrong, like, yeah. LeBron one of the best of all time. Kobe, one of the best of all time. Wilt was one of the best of his era. But you just, you watch Jordan and the things that he did and the way that he dominated, the way he took over games. Well, yeah, and then different eras have different... I mean, they were only scoring 90 points max. You know, in most of those games that they were... I mean, sometimes they'd reach 100. Michael Jordan was putting up 35 points in those games. That's over a third of your points. Right. And so... Fact, like consistently, like, yeah, and that's with like not a lot of three pointers being shot, mm-hmm. and not a lot of fouls called down low. Oh yeah, he wasn't get. Imagine if Jordan got the foul calls that like James Harden gets, like yeah. shooting like, and he would find ten a way to twenty to free throws, maximize night. those free throw opportunities. Oh yeah, and he would become an elite three point shooter. I love the clip when he makes a free throw with his eyes closed. Yeah, just like a suck it moment, you yeah. know, like, but. I, I Yeah, I would say it didn't change my perception of him other than cementing the fact that he is the greatest. I would say he was a little harsher on his teammates than I thought, but that's not like... I can understand when they explained it why he is the way that he is. Yeah, um, he can't so help it's, it. He's it's just, hard to criticize him for he's that. wired he's, that way. Yeah, so one of my biggest takeaways from it was how competitive he really is as a person. Um, whether it was, you know, they said he golfed for money. Yeah. He didn't like losing and gambling. He didn't like losing 20 bucks to the security guy with seeing who can throw their coin the closest to the wall. Yeah. He was so competitive, and he used edges. He held grudges over anything. Like, he would find any reason to get pissed off. Or he would make him up even, yeah. Yeah, make up reasons just to fire himself up and use that but that's really genius if you think about it to me that's what makes him the best is that he had um he has a switch that he can turn Mm -hmm. off and on um and when he wants to turn it on there's no stopping him yeah um i don't think you can say that about um you know lebron or i mean there's kobe has a switch yeah, Kobe was very clutch. He had a switch. And I love what Jordan said where they're like, are you worried that you're going to miss this or whatever? And he's like, why would I be worried about missing a shot I haven't taken yet? And he didn't have that fear factor, which is probably why he was so clutch and had the ice in his veins. You know, he just, yeah. he was focused on that next shot he was going to take. And that was it. I'll um, say one thing I didn't know. I didn't, uh, or that I learned, I didn't know that the uh, the flu game was actually a... Um, food poisoning game. I had heard a story about that. Like I remember people were trying to accuse because it was in Utah. Yeah. Like if you saw Jordan's face, he even kind of said, I was the only one who ate the pizza. It seemed like they were trying to kind of trying to allude to the fact that maybe somebody messed with the pizza. I mean, it's kind of random that you would just get the flu like that. Yeah. So that was a controversial thing. What about early on in the documentary when he kind of threw his teammates under the bus and was like, everyone was doing cocaine and stuff, but I didn't. (laughs) He's like, yeah, I walked in the hotel room, was like, nope, it's not for me. But everybody else on the team did. Just totally threw him under the bus. Didn't say their names, but you could just go look at the roster and see who's doing lines. Yeah, that was pretty wild. The Dennis Rodman episodes had me Oh, my gosh. That was super entertaining. And just the the (laughs) stuff where... 
some real life uh what was that movie where they go to Vegas and they had to find their friend the the hangover Oh yeah yeah I know <laughs> or he would just like disappear during the finals and be at like a WWF wrestling match Isn't... You know what I love about Rodman though is it like he would he said like I'll go do this and I'll do that like he's a free spirit but he said I'll always give 110% on the court and the Bulls knew that Yeah and it's hard because it's hard to give one guy his own set of rules um but they kind of learned who he is and they knew that when he was out there, he was going to give 110% effort every time. As a Kings fan, I don't like Phil Jackson, but as a basketball fan, like I can respect how he managed those. It's hard not to respect what he's done. Yeah. Those personalities and just dealing with all that and just getting the best out of everybody. He's, he's, he's good. He's a good coach. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was just really cool to see all that footage, um, all those highlights, and just get the interviews were great. I think hearing some of his teammates talk about him. Yeah, the the amount of the the amount of airtime that Jordan got was awesome. Normally, yeah. you don't see him in public, you know, talking that much. Mm-hmm. Um, the teammates was great. Opponents. Um, like yeah. Stockton, yeah, just Peyton, like, I, I, and I think I just like Ewing. watching the old footage, seeing the old uniforms, the old warm-ups and stuff. Yeah. Watching Barkley play it as, in his prime. It's like you forget how good those guys oh, were. Oh, yeah. Um, it was cool to see. Uh, and, and he was nuts. He was playing and then going off at night to film Space Jam and then playing pickup games at night with other yeah. players and stuff. And it became famous and other NBA players were coming to like play in his pickup games on the Space Jam set. Yeah. This court that they had built him. Just a crazy motor. Yeah. And hardly ever got hurt. Yeah, no, oh, that's no true. No load management for Michael. Yeah. No. No. He played. <laughs> I, I like how he said that he, you know, he was tough on his teammates, but he never made them do anything that he didn't do himself. Yep. And all the footage of like them running lines and stuff, like he was first, you know. Yeah. And so it's like you can knock him for being a bully or whatever, but, you know, he backed it up. Yep. Now, before we give your ratings, I have to say, we should have probably started this out with a, you know, when everyone talks about anything, any content. Spoiler alert yeah. for anyone who doesn't know, the Bulls won the 1998 NBA Finals. So <laughs> sorry to spoil that. But yeah. how would you, how would you rate this documentary? I don't know if we should go like out of a hundred, like a Rotten Tomatoes type thing. Like how, how would you rate this? I don't know. I'm not the best rater of movies as you I would know, absolutely agree with that yeah, but, so, but you mean, are a basketball fan so well, cause, I mean, and well, an MJ and, fan well and that probably makes me you know way over biased because mm-hmm. I mean I'm just soaking it up I'm loving it that's okay you know? what, what would you give it a- as objectively as you can a 95 okay I, I thought you might say 98 just because the 98 of, yeah that would have been a better answer you can take that answer if you want the, yeah no I'm right there with you I'd say like 90 because it was so well made um, you could tell a lot of time went into it a lot of um, a lot of great footage a lot of great interviews the way that it was constructed I would have liked to see something about him coming back on the Wizards I, I know that the whole thing oh, was about yeah. that 90 yeah remember he came back and played for the Wizards yeah. so like the whole thing was about the 98, even if they had done it in a way where they went to the Wizards, like went ahead and then came back to 98. Right. Still, like, you know, yeah, that would have been... jumping around all over the place. Yeah, yeah so that would have been kind of cool. But it was so, so mi- good, though. I mean, it was long. Oh, yeah. It had, I mean, it, when they talked about his dad, you know, and then... Uh, that got the me. Guy, that was great. And then Steve Kerr's dad's story was really good um, and sad. And then the, that guy, Gus, who kind of became his father figure. You yeah. Know, that was uh, good. Um, I'd say 
My yeah. only small gripes is, yeah, they didn't do anything about the wizard stuff where he came back. And then um, just the fact that, as I mentioned, it was just knowing that. So I guess I can't dock him too much because I'm, I might be making up imaginary footage that doesn't exist in my head that they're holding back from us. But you got to think they held back something. So because right. of that, just because knowing that he is the one who kind of drove the whole project, like... But still, I mean, I give it at least a 90. Like, I thought it was fantastic for anybody who likes basketball, like you, or Jordan, or just sports in general. Like, you have to, you have to watch this. It's, it's so good. Yeah. So I'd say it's worth the. I didn't know him and Ahmad Rashad were such good friends. Yeah, I didn't know either. either. Yeah. So that was, that was awesome. Any, any closing thoughts, or is that pretty much your. Last dance over Tiger King. Over time. <laughs> Last dance greater than sign don't, Tiger King. Don't, don't at me. Don't at me. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. We'll end on that. All right. Well, so that's our that's our Matt and Matt perspective on the Last Dance. Let's uh, jump into what little news and notes we do have, Matt. All right. Wait, what? News. All right, Matt, news and notes. Uh, it's all purely speculation at this point, but basically let's just touch on when we might get sports back. So Major League Baseball is, uh, they've got it in the works where they're trying to head towards an 82-game season that would start in July. I believe you mentioned July 4th is mm-hmm. the target date. Yeah. Again, speculation. Um, they've also mentioned that a DH would be used for both leagues, which would be interesting. Uh, definitely help out teams with more depth. Um, and there would be there, now these are proposed rules, but according to the Chicago Tribune, um, some of the things that will be prohibited they're ridiculous. It are uh, not limited to, but include spitting, uh, water jugs, saunas, steam rooms, pools, therapy chambers, hitting in indoor cages is discouraged. Batting gloves are encouraged. Batting practice pitchers are to wear masks, dugout telephones disinfected after each use. Players may not touch their face to give signs, which is like 75% of the signs that they do typically. (laughs) And they're not allowed to lick their fingers, which pitchers do all the time. Teams are encouraged to hold meetings outdoors and be spread apart, which isn't a huge deal. So I get why they're doing all this. And, you know, I should say that highly regulated baseball and a shortened season is better than no baseball at all. But... My question is, how are they going to enforce this? Like, are they going to send cops onto the field to arrest Evan Longoria when he spits at third base? And it's like, (laughs) it's just seeds. It's just seeds. You know, like, (laughs) I mean. Yeah, spitting is the one that I'm like, I get it. But, I mean, my brother Dave is an ex-baseball player, and he still can't stop spitting. It's just habit. Uh, And so it's like, how are these guys going to do all that? Old habits I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe they, um, you know. Maybe, Maybe it's this a, is like the first, you know, the, the rough It's the first draft, yeah. Cut, you know. And there will probably be warnings given. I doubt it's going to be strictly enforced as as opposed to, I think it's going to be more of, we strongly encourage you to do this, you know. Yeah. It's just going to be funny if we see an ejection because of spitting. That yeah. would be like, you know, and a guy that's like a good guy that never gets to, like Mike Trout ejected for spit, you know. Yeah. Now, what about when the Dodgers are choking during the playoffs? Normally, when you're choking, there's some coughing going on, so I'm sure that the coughing is not encouraged. They may right? allow that because choking typically involves involuntary spitting. Mm. So, because it's involuntary, 
I think that might be okay, per- permitted. So I don't know if the Dodgers will get ejected for choking. But okay. Well, either way, they're getting ejected. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Removed. Uh, what uh, else? Yeah, so let's go over to the NBA. Uh, Commissioner Adam Silver towards, uh, told Sports Illustrated in a May 14th interview that pro basketball could resume in two to four weeks. That was just a couple of days ago. Yeah, and that a majority of the players supported a return if it is deemed safe for players. Okay, so we might be getting basketball. Now, I don't know about you. I haven't really heard details about what capacity that might look like. I've heard rumors that it's going straight to playoffs and it's going to be less teams than normal. But hey, if we get NBA basketball back, that's a win, right? I mean, obviously, nothing is going to look like it did before this season. Not this year. Except maybe football, but even then, you're not going to see people in the stands probably. But like... yeah. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, would you be pumped just to get NBA basketball back, even if the Kings aren't playing? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'll watch it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, Also, you mentioned the NFL. The NFL appears to be on track to begin their season on time, though it is unlikely we will see fans in any stadiums anytime soon. Right. Um, While most NFL teams were able to reopen uh, practice facilities for some teams, including the Detroit Lions, uh, Seattle Seahawks, L.A. Rams. um, New uniforms are horrible, by the way. Trash. Uh, the Chargers remain closed. So a lot of West Coast teams there. Yeah. So I think they're basing that on like local, you know, what the procedures and strategy is right. in that local area. So I think you will start to see some of those open up. But that's encouraging, though. I mean, it's going to be weird to not have. I know some people that we know are very opposed to empty stadium sports, but um, yeah, hey, beggars can't be choosers. At yeah. This point, I mean, no. if we get sports back, come on. Yeah. Like, just zoom in, field view only, and pump some crowd noise through the speakers. I know the Raiders have to be disappointed to not be able to fill that nice, pretty, shiny new Vegas stadium up with <laughs> with rowdy fans, but, yeah. you know. Um, oh, well. Yeah, yeah. It'd be nice to get sports, though. So Feels great, baby. <laughs> so where that leaves us is um, hopefully we'll be back this year, or we will be back in some capacity. I would say if NBA basketball comes back, We'd like to do an episode about the playoffs or something. If not, at least the NBA draft, and I would imagine it would look something like the NFL draft did, where it's more remotely done. Yeah. But we could do something about the draft because the Kings will be participating in that, you know, and hopefully do a good job. Well, we could hopefully. have another podcast about haircuts, you know. Yeah, we could do that too. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's an option. So next week. Yeah. So yeah, we'll either be back when. The if and when the NBA resumes this year or when the draft comes. Um, so not too far off either way. But uh, until that point, um, I'm still Matt. He's still Matt. And this is still the Sack Lunch Podcast. Later. Later.